I'm going to be perfectly honest here. I don't think I can be objective here. Uh, when have you ever been objective? Hey, don't start with me, all right? Because you got to be fair to the people we're talking about today. Mm, I mean, One that Bob in- Backlund, 1994, you yeah. have to be balanced. You have to be balanced. Because if anything, this project is about balance. We're like the We're like the Fox News of Royal Rumble entry podcasts. Is that, is that what you think? Is, is there a cadre of Royal Rumble entry podcasts that we are like that that we we could be the the balanced one? Uh, I feel like we're the only one. Okay, so then we're pretty balanced then. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like 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 Fox Fox News. Yeah. Now entering the Royal Rumble. greatest theme song of all time right i don't know if it's the greatest it didn't win the tournament we did that's true but that's because people are idiots Mm-hmm. no i i don't know why i love this theme song so much but like i just feel that this maybe it's because they they put that montage at wrestlemania 8 to it where he was killing everybody right that really you know hangs in your mind with it yeah and like it just feels like it's a man coming down to kill someone it does feel that way. It, it, it's got that, like, it's almost like Vader's theme, if you remember, like, in, um, is it, uh, Wrestling with Shadows, where they heard Jim Johnson, like, playing Vader's theme, and it's, like, kind of goes with him walking, dun, dun, yeah. dun, and, but Sid has that same feel to it, dun, 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 dun. you know, it, with, it, you can almost picture him bouncing to the ring with it. Well, and, and at WrestleMania 8, he walks completely in rhythm to it, as he's coming down to end Alkamania. Right, yep, and, I mean, why wouldn't you want that? No, yo. Oh, I love this so much. I love Sid so much. I can't believe he's only in one Royal Rumble. It's crazy to me. I guess, yeah, I mean, it's funny because you think he'd be there in more winters because softball season <laughs> yeah. is when he wouldn't be there. So, yeah, like, why wouldn't he be in more? But he just, you know, the steroid thing happens after this. And then he goes back to WCW in 93. Comes back in 95, right after the Rumble. Yeah. Then he leaves right before the 96 Rumble. But even then, I don't think he was supposed to be in it. He was announced for the tag title match. It was going to be him and Kid against the Guns, I believe. Right. For the, for the tag titles. And then 97, and he comes He's... back at the end of 96, 97, he defends the title. 
Yeah. And then he's gone again because he gets in the car accident and then he never comes back. But it's crazy. They never had him do like a surprise legend spot and just like come and chuck guys around for two minutes out of the ring. You know, well, do you think it's because when it would have been most effective, he, he his leg was still fucked up? I think it would be effective uh, this weekend. Let's <laughs> 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 give you a little hint of what I recorded this, I guess. But he, uh, I think it would have been effective now. Like, he did do that little guest spot on Raw a couple of years ago. Memory looked good. People were very happy to see him. Has yeah. there ever been an instance where he shows up and people aren't happy to see him? No, he always gets a pop. I mean, always I guess, gets a pop. I guess Arn Anderson's hotel room. <laughs> happy to see him. I, I bet initially he was okay. It wasn't until the hey! Arn. Hey! Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, this guy's always going to get a mega pop. And I believe, too, if he had been there for those ro- – like, if like imagine he stays – if he stays between 92 and even just 96, he wins a couple of these rumbles, right? Um, Maybe 93 if he, like, really sticks around and, like, he fuses with Warrior and gets a big push and, like, kind of – like, you wonder, like, this is where the what I've said never really gets talked about. Like, does Brett ever become champion in 92 if Sid's around? Does right. Luger get forced turned or is Sid, like, the guy? Like, if he has, like, a normal multi-year run, he's going to be near the top of the card. So, of like, course. who gets affected? Brett, Yoko, Luger? Like, one or two of those guys is going to get, you know, not have the spot that they end up having. Did you ever see the shoot interview with him where he talks about why he left? In 92? No, I mean, the story's always been the steroid or the drug test, right? Or the payoff, like, as he said, it's a payoff thing. Well, his, the way he, I mean, maybe he's full of shit, who knows? But the way he explained it was like, I was promised to be in the Hogan role. Right. Sort of be the top face, making the top money. And then right away they turned me heel, and I was like, look, I don't, like, if this is going to be how it's going to be, I don't want to be here anymore. Right. Not that I didn't want to do heel, but it was the money thing. He went there for the money. I think it was short-sighted because I think he was going to be so over like he would have been turned naturally because there's such a lack of faces. If he would have looked at it like rationally and said, okay, Hogan's gone probably for a bit. Warrior is super flaky. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. is he really going to stick around and be the top guy? I guess you had Taker turning, but again, more of a character than a legitimate top of the company face when you look at that gimmick. So it's like, Who's there? Savage on the back nine? I mean, were they really going to strap the company to him? We saw that they didn't. So I think if he just hangs around, if he's a warrior in the summer, let Savage have his little run with Flair. Flair regains it. I would think the plan eventually would have been Sid turn face and win the Sid title. Sid powerbombing the shit out of Flair. Yeah, I mean, I think that would have been the plan, right, at some point. And then he has a run on top. So I think it's a short-sighted move. Um, and I also think it's a cover story because I do think he probably would have been sussed out. Yeah. eventually with the drug stuff hitting and all that i mean look i mean they cleared cleared out like names you know by 92 so within 92 would it have would it have been a better 93 with him around i think so i mean i don't see why not like i i think he's probably better in that that spot than like say like a yokozuna would have been but he wouldn't i guess he'd be the face right brett nah, it's, it's an interesting what if does brett ever get the belt then I I mean, maybe eventually, but I don't think he gets at 92. And then the question is, did they ever see him as a guy or was that the chance? And then they once they got him there, that he was there, you know? Yeah. I'm a, well, and, and even then, when they gave him, I feel when they gave him the belt the first time, Brett, they didn't still see him as the guy. 
Right. Right. It was, was only like a placeholder. Yeah, it was only after that year of him in '93 we were like, oh wait, he is the he is the one everybody wants. All right. So I, yeah, I don't. I, I think uh, my guess is Sid squashes Flair and somehow show in late '92 to win the belt. Like that's probably the way it goes. Yeah, power bomb, foot on the chest, arms in the air. Right. Like, yeah, people going crazy. That fucking music, the music blasting. Oh. So Sid Justice comes in in '92 Rumble at number 29. Great draw. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, I mean, great look, great draw. Like, it feels like, I mean, he's one of the favorites already coming in with Hogan and Taker. Like, those are the top three options. So when he comes out at 29, like, you're definitely thinking, okay, oh. this could be it, right? Well, yeah, and they've spent the better part of, like, the last three, four months really pushing this guy. Like, mm-hmm. he, I feel you did he got hurt, right? That's why we didn't see him wrestle too much. Yeah, he tore his bicep, like, right after he debuted, and then... That took him out of Survivor Series, kind of ended a suit with Jake. That's why they had to transition to Savage for Jake. Right. And well, supposed to be Warrior and Sid. The Warrior left, Sid got hurt, so then it was Savage. Um, yeah, and then I don't think he does terribly much before the Rumble, maybe some squash stuff. No, but even then, the way they talked him up, you could totally right. see him winning this match. Easily, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think so. I would say heading into the match, Hogan was probably the number one option. And then I guess Flair and Sid, I mean, coin flip and then take her fourth. That'd be my guess coming in at this point of the rumble. I'd say it's him or Hogan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no so way it's Flair. Options. Yeah, he he runs out and he gets a massive pop. Yes. huge. And Bobby right away is like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a face here. So it's not like it's a controversial, like smarky heel pop, you know? Oh, no. Yeah, he's going to destroy He's going to destroy Ric Flair in Bobby's mind. And yes, and the fans are going nuts. And I love, I love the blue tights that he wears. Uh, Yes. Metallic blue that like as soon as he goes bad, he kind of abandons. I guess he wears the red one time, but. I like the blue a lot. Like I wish he did that look more for sure. I'm with you. I think it was really cool. Like, and it makes him stand out. He, he just looked like the coolest motherfucker on earth. You like, the hair? I didn't even care. Like, he, he, does he have the does he have the best big man body of all time? Um, yeah, probably right. I mean, who? I don't know. That's that's like I'd have to really think about it. But yeah, I would. I'd put him in the conversation if nothing else. Yeah, because he was super cut. Like he he looked mm-hmm. like a like those big guys like Undertaker never looked cut. I'm sure he was muscular, but he never looked cut like Sid did. You know. Right. Same thing. Same thing with Kane. Kane looked like he had huge arms and was jacked, but he didn't look like he could also maybe run a marathon if he had to. K ninety nine, maybe. Maybe. K ninety nine is ripped. Yeah. Like it, if you look at Kane at like King of the Ring, fully loaded ninety nine stretch, he's like ridiculous. He's like trim, shredded, and just like looks unbelievable. Yeah. Definitely. That's that's definitely a a, a comparable. Yeah, uh, man, he had everything that Vince wanted in a person, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, if Sid had married Stephanie, Vince would have been way happier, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So he runs down, and right away, um, right away, just destroying IRS. Oh, he just beats the shit out of him. Yeah, looking like a million bucks, like, mm-hmm. like just really beating the shit out of him. He kills Martell. And then, then people start double teaming him, like Piper and Martel, and double teaming him. And he punches Roddy Piper, and Piper like f- flies out of the ring and almost gets eliminated. <laughs> yes, 
great selling off of it. And uh, goes in on Flair, too, which is oh, like, yeah. all right, Flair's time is finally up. Because you can see a world where Sid, to get the big moment, the pop comes in and he's the one that throws Flair out yeah, with ease and comes down to Sid and Hogan. Right? I mean, that's like it's not far fetched at all in this rumble to think as he's coming out. OK, that's why they left Flair in this long. So Sid could just murder him and throw him out. Yeah, and get the huge pop to put him over so that like they'll so that maybe maybe they'll cheer him over Hulk Hogan. <laughs> right, slightly. <laughs> yeah, I love too that when he goes after Flair, he basically pushes him into the corner, mm-hmm. has his face and is laughing in his face as he's doing it, <laughs> and then like almost lifts him out. I, I just really like the little character work early on here, uh, and then Flair like tries to pull his hair like to get on his back, but Sid just oh he pulls his hair down like Flair's got his arm and he pulls his hair down. And Sid kips up and murders him. Yes. And the crowd him. gasps. <laughs> it's a it's an audible like, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and like, yes. And the crazy thing uh, about it, too, is then he goes after Slaughter and we get that wild bump. Oh, so yeah. he's just like, you know, monster run right now. Yeah. And even Bobby at this point is like, one of these guys is going to be champion and Sid has to be the favorite. I, I mean, yes, I would think so. And yeah, but why? Yes, yes. And Bobby's, you know, ha- holding on to hope of flair, but it's pretty clear where we're headed. Yeah. He then puts IRS in the corner. He mounts and does the 10 punches and then tries to rip his face off. Like it's the, there's all these weird like like heel tendencies in his work, which I really enjoy that no mm-hmm. one seems to mind. But they're different than the Hogan heel tendencies. The Hogan heel tendencies are cheap. Sid's heel tendencies are like, oh, this guy's going to hurt somebody. Right, right. Yeah, because he's like on the borderline of it. And, you know, he's just been like stuffing it down into his gut not to do it. <laughs> so when he gets a chance to let it out, he lets it all hang out. So, no, he's he is ready to roll um, and crush some guys for sure. And he looks the part here like it, it was a guy that was like, yeah, I mean, like, here is your chance and he is going to make it count. And he is locked in. And he knows because to this point, you could argue his run's been disappointing, right? It's been he's been injured. He hasn't been showcased a ton. He's missed a pay-per-view. So it's like he's healthy. He's feeling good. And he's got this golden opportunity. And now is the time. And he's grabbing it the same way he grabs Rick Martel by the throat for a double handed mm-hmm. choke. Yes. Holds him right up there. And I lo- and it's a point that he and Hogan just kind of casually walk up to Warlord, punch him a couple times, then toss him. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a cool little team moment because, again, you forget he is technically a face here, you know. <laughs> and, I mean, he is still kind of buddies with Hogan. Like, they haven't really, I don't think, showed much tension to this point unless it's somewhere on TV that I just don't recall. But I don't think it had really played out yet that he um, could be going that way. Like, I think he's a little, he's been portrayed maybe as a little, I don't want to call it self-serving, but like out for himself, but not that he's, you know, going, going to go heel. So it's not a surprise to see him and Hogan work together. And I love when he tracks down Martel. Yeah. He is like a hunter, like stalking a deer, <laughs> like tracks him <laughs> through the ring and then just grabs him with this murderous look on his face and starts choking the crap out of him. <laughs> and I love right around this time, too, how he eliminates Piper and Martel. Yes. They're trying to arm drag each other. They're both in the ropes and he sneaks up and just shoves them both in the ass. Yes. And they flip out. I just love, I think dismissiveness on that one is so good. And now like by, with that elimination, he's up to four and he's not even finished. Right. It's like, it's a guy who knows, um, his confidence levels through the roof. It's like a guy that knows he's just gonna, 
dominate and just wreck house and there's nothing anyone can do about it no yeah it's like it's not a super long run but it's really full um and and as he starts to throw these guys out we're getting towards the end of the match and uh he's got savage up and Mm -hmm. flair like kicks sid in the back so sid technically eliminates savage and this is where the hogan flair stuff really starts happening Uh, hogan's beating the crap out of flair he tosses flair into the corner uh, he goes to like Flair goes to do the flip out, but he misses. So like P- Hogan punches him out, and as Hogan's working him out, walking him out, sorry, working Flair out, Sid with in the most casual way walks up and tosses Hogan out. Yes, and it's a big pop. <laughs> it is. It, it's been edited in future you know iterations. Yeah. Um, but he uh in that moment, yes, he gets a big pop, and it was, you know. <laughs> it's what hogan's done before so whatever and it's the final three to win the world title so like how can you really fault this man for yeah. playing it this smart and basically the only fault you could say is why didn't he throw a flare out too when he had the chance like yeah. he should have dumped the boat and won the title but um i don't i don't find any fault in his actions here at all and even less so when you factor in that hogan's done the same thing and tried to explain it away. But, I mean, world title on the line. You flipped this around, Hogan's tossing him out without even thinking twice about it. So, I think they did Hogan no favors with how they go about this. From a booking standpoint, having him pissing and moaning and crying and pulling Sid's hand, allowing Flair to throw him out. Um, I think there probably could have been a better way to go about this and have Sid, like, mocking hogan and flair like have sid's own hubris cost him you know what i mean and like he turns like because he does the mock tears and all that and he's like faking the crying he should have done that anyway and not had hogan throw the hissy fit just have hogan like stare at him pissed or whatever and then at least you protect hogan a little bit from looking like a bitch and less sympathy for sid who you're trying to turn heel so I think in a as a Sid fan, like I like this moment because it makes him look cool and Hogan look like a dink. But yeah. like if you're going to really try to, um, you know, keep Hogan preserved as a face and Sid as a heel, I think there's better ways to go about it than having Hogan. Because you have to look at this and say, who's going to really side with Hogan given his track record? I guess they just were arrogant about it and assumed like it's Hogan and. Right. You know, everyone will side with him. But like, it was clear that it was like nothing bad. You know, he didn't really stab him in the back or make the backstabbing more like blatant, like have them say before the match, like we're going to work together. We have a vow not to attack each other until we're the final two and have Sid break the pact. Right. Like do something more that makes it feel more like subterfuge. It's just they're not really given a reason. It's just like who wouldn't do what he just did to eliminate the biggest guy in the match when you have a golden opportunity. Well, and, and even if they work together, like, okay, like you've mentioned right off the top, it's the final three. Like one of them eventually has to fight the other one out. <laughs> like, like yeah. now is there a world in which, so I think they, when, when this happens, I mean, we're not even done talking about the match, but mm-hmm. when this happens, like they really do a lot of other things to make Sid detestable. I mean, they right. make me, they make me like it more. Like when he smashed, who's going to be mad at him beating up the barbershop, <laughs> right? Like right. And busting shave, Virgil's nose. Yeah, it's it. Like getting shaving cream on his face. Um, but is there a world in which, like, if they just roll with Hogan's selfishness, that Hogan ends up getting booed at WrestleMania 8? 
Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that an interesting little turn? Like, because, mm-hmm. like, because, you know, in this moment, Hogan is the heel. Right. Like, and he's behaved, not only is he behaving like the heel, but he's getting the heel reactions. Like, Sid gets a massive pop. And in the post-match, the, the post-match, the, the crowd is on Sid's side also. Right. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, like, why wouldn't you be? You know what I mean? Like, everyone just looks like, Hogan just looks like such a bitch. And it's like, and everyone else really has no reason to be booed. So, like, why would Sid be booed? Why would Flair even be booed? Like, he just had the most oppressive outing in Rumble history. Like, you should almost be, like, in awe of what he pulled off. Because he did a clean, too. He didn't do anything cheap. You know what I mean? So, it's yeah. like... Gorilla is on Flair's side at this point. Like, right. if, if Gorilla's on his side... Yeah, but like, to me, Hogan's the only one who comes out of this looking stupid. Like... The match is dubbed every man for himself. The stakes have never been bigger. It was the end of the match. The only complaint he could have is that you could say, as a stand-up guy, Sid, uh, come at me from the front. But Hogan himself, in two consecutive years, or, you know, two of the last three, has done this exact thing to a... Friend. Someone that you consider a friend. He did it to Savage in 89 and to Warrior in 90. So... Yeah, like, there is a world where they could have had Sid say that, like, look, man, I just did what you've done, you know, and and if you want to start to turn Hogan heel, like, there's a path there. I think if he wasn't retiring, yeah, they might have done it, but you're not going to have him go heel on the way out the door for three months. It didn't make sense. Like, that's going to be a big money turn if you're going to do it, so. Now, just imagine sliding him into the Sid role. Like, so, like, at the press conference, Sid gets announced, Hogan's angry. Right. Check Tony, that was bogus, brother. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I look, you know, I had this conversation, I think it was with Graham Cawthon on Behind the Connection. Like, I'll never fault any of these companies for not being so forward thinking that you get out of the off the money train early. Like oh no. That's always been a, a bitch, right? About WCW and Bischoff, like not ending the NWO, they riding it too long and this and that. Like you know, even with Austin, stuff like that. It's like when that when that, those checks are cashing, it's hard to end it prematurely, right? Yeah. And they ended it prematurely with Goldberg, and look what happened. So I get it. It's easier said than done. But I do think they left a lot of money on the table not doing a Hogan heel turn. And this was like a prime time to do it. He is way more over at 91 than most people remember. Like watching all that stuff for PTB, like, his pops are still as big as ever in like the summer of 91 and even the fall of 91. It's really not till right about here that things start to get a little shaky. And I think they should have been more forward thinking here and seeing Sid as the guy. Now I think part of that's on Hogan. I'm guessing he probably wouldn't have wanted to turn. I think he saw the writing on the wall at the steroid stuff and wanted to get the hell out of Dodge as part of it too. So I think it's bad timing. So but it's hard to see here. steroids. Yeah, but, you know, he might get associated and he can't risk it. So, um, but I think, I, I just think the timing sucked. But in, in some other world, Hogan's slow burn heel turn out of this rumble instead of Sid, and Sid being presented as the new face of the 90s, like, could have been big money for them. Yeah, it could have been really interesting. You could even do Savage Hogan after that with Savage as the face. Like, I knew it, you know. Like, I told you all along. Well, I kind of do what he did in the NWO, right? Like, in 96, 
He's kind of yeah. like, I told you, like, oh, he's always been a piece of shit, you know? <laughs> now, does Bobby turn face as a consequence? Yeah, <laughs> right, kind of does in WCW. Yeah. Uh, so many ways you could come out of here. Um, I love, too, that when Hogan does toss Sid, for that two seconds, you're like, oh, Flair's dead. Right, right. Like, there's no, like, you, there's no conceivable way that left alone, Flair is beating Sid. No, but I think once it's down to them, you know, Flair's winning. <clears throat> because if you're going to have Sid win, you're going to have him toss Hogan to win, I think. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been the end. He would have done both of them, or Hogan would have thrown Flair and Sid would have tossed Hogan. I'm like, curious. I don't think yeah. it would have came down to Sid and Flair with Hogan just walking away. So I think it's clear <laughs> at that point something crazy is going to happen. I'm curious. I, I don't know if I disagree. I'm curious if that's hindsight. Because in the moment, watching it as a 12-year-old, I was like, oh, Sid's winning. Maybe. Like, I just so, I, uh, I don't know. I was watching it scrambled, and it happens. It does happen so fast. I don't know if you even have time to process it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as soon as he dumps Hogan, he's arguing with Hogan. It's not like he beats up Flair and then walks back over to Hogan. Like, I think like there's no interaction, really, right? With Sid and Flair, it's pretty much right into it. I think the reason I, I remember thinking Sid was going to win was because I was cheering for Flair. Right. And I thought, okay, Sid's winning. Right. Like, there's no way that, like, you're right, it is fast. But like, yeah, that's I remember I remember distinctly thinking that. Um, so Hogan pulls him out like a big baby, like we talked about. And Sid is so angry. I do like that Flair does help the toss, at least. Yeah, like, at least it's not just Hogan pulling him out. Um, and then Hogan comes in and chases Flair out of the ring. And then we get this awesome confrontation with Sid sneaking up behind him, shoving him in the head. And Hogan's acting in this moment like a total asshole. Yes. Sid is right in his face. They're chin to chin. I'm I'm convinced my sexual attraction to chins started here. <laughs> Not with Slaughter? No. No, I know. It was too, Slaughter's chin is too round. Sid's chin mm. is like you could probably cut glass on it. Right. <laughs> um the officials are breaking it up and I I love that Hogan's doing the ear cup and uh he's getting a lot of booze. Yes. And then Sid does the pose where he goes down to his knee but takes Hebner down with him. I love like it's like it's like the officials are holding him. So he throws himself down on his knee like to challenge and Hebner goes flying. Yeah, takes a wild shot. It, it's quite the scene ongoing here, like at this point, as it's unfolding, because like you're trying to grasp. And we talked about this on the Flair episode, like he's in the background and he's almost overlooked because of this. And it's it's just so much going on to process. Oh, yeah. And a huge, huge Sid chant, which Sid acknowledges. Yes. And then he sees that sign Hulk who. And he points it out. Sid finally leaves. And I think the last thing you see is Hogan in the ring. But you hear Sid saying, come on, I'll kill you. Which I love. Um, I, look, I think this run is pretty underrated. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those ones where because you come in late, you don't have a ton of time. But he makes it all count. And yes, he doesn't like win, but it's such a major storyline um, and performance that, yeah, like we've been pretty clear on the show. We're not going to base things on like longevity. Like it's going to be how you maximize the time in the ring. Like we've yeah. we've given credit to guys with shorter runs and longer runs more often than not, because a lot of longer runs are a lot more boring. Um so 
just because Sid's only in there for six minutes and he doesn't win, like doesn't mean this can't be one of our best overall performances because he was fantastic at everything he did. He executed and set up, you know, exactly what he's supposed to set up with the main event event. There's like just so much good in there. Yeah. Look, I mean, look, he's in there five minutes. He eliminates six guys, but like imagine eliminating Piper, Savage and Hogan in one match. It's the three biggest stars mm-hmm. of the 80s, right? That's like Jericho at the end of 2001 level stuff where he beats yep. Rockin, but he does it completely clean. Right. He's being set up for a main event WrestleMania run with Hulk Hogan. So. Yeah. Like, as I was watching this, it really reminded me a lot of I mean, I, I think the, the, the one I'm about to mention is better, but um, it reminded me a lot of Taker in 2002. Uh, Yeah, like I think someone, that's who, a good comp. someone who maximized their time when they were in there. Mm-hmm. Um. As far as as far as our scores go, so you know we rank in three categories. If you're just joining us, um, I'm at a seven for presentation. I think they presented him as the next face of the company. They allowed him to throw everybody out. He's treated like a, a potential winner. They gave him the huge backs back uh, after the show after the match angle. Like I, I thought it. I don't know how they could have presented him bigger. I guess by having him win. But if you weren't going to, I think they did as well as they could. Right. I mean, it could be like that. Could even be low. <laughs> you know. Like, I know. I don't, like, I don't know how many guys are presented better without winning, like ever. Yeah, I mean, you could argue he's a nine. Like, I am at a seven, too, but I'm like reconsidering. I mean, who has looked eliminate six guys in six minutes, makes the final two and sets up a mania main event. Like, yeah, I'm going to go up to eight as well. I'm so. bumping up to eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, how, who could look better without winning? I don't know. Like, he looked awesome and he was presented awesome. That's true. Okay, so bumping him up to eight. Oh, yeah. How can you not? What a, what a, what a guy Sid is. Uh, what a man. What a man. What a mighty good man. All right. Um, I am at a four for creativity. Um, again, it's not a low four for me. It's just like I tend to – like this, if, if I weigh longevity anywhere, it's mm-hmm. here. So like you mean the longer you're in there, the more creative you get to be. Uh, but I thought, again, he maximized his time. So – and the eliminations he did do, like a lot of them were really interesting. You know what? I'm going to maybe bump this up to a five. Yeah, me too. I mean, especially with the finish and everything that comes into play with it. Like it's we usually have credit here for like the storyline activity as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a five makes sense. OK, um, now I'm just going to bump up effectiveness down to a seven. I mean, like it's I had it at six, but it's okay. it, it's such a. um amazingly effective run like again six eliminations six minutes makes the final two tosses out hogan sets up a mania main event feud sets up flair to be world champion and have this great rumble win like there's so many great moving pieces to all of this that it's an exemplary showing yeah i mean like when i think about it like it really it sets up one of my favorite storylines of all time and then like you i always got like it, it, it was presented in a way too that you legitimately thought it, it it was some great shades of gray, like we talked about. I thought he was gonna kill Hogan, like I really thought he was gonna kill him. Like like mm-hmm. from this point, you get the press conference, the tag match, the barber shop, his rampage through the like the, of the jobbers, and then the main event of a WrestleMania. Yep. And like I think it's fair to give him a high score for effectiveness because as long as he was so as much as this is Ric Flair's Rumble and he's the story, as long as Sid's in the match, he's the story of the match. And I think that's impressive considering how much this rumble was about Ric Flair. 
Yeah, I mean, yes. And he stands out. I, I think, you know, we've talked about the Hogan-Sid match quite a bit. And I know you, you know, you're on the defending side of it, right? Saying it's not that bad. And, and it's not, like, you know, whatever. But I think if that match is better, this whole thing is looked at better. Like, I think everyone respects the run and loves the Jobber Kill Tour. But I think the taste of that match for many... um with like the DQ finish and all that closing out Mandy after the savage thing was in the middle. Like, I think if that just goes better, this whole run is looked at as even more iconic. Yeah. Maybe, and, you know, I just think like we've talked about the issues with that match. Right. And I, we covered it on the place to be, but like Sid, after watching the full build his, his, even his stuff at MSG with that battle Royal, that was really good um, to come in there and, and work like headlocks and stuff like it. And it felt like he just wrestled a different match than everything he did before that set him mm. up to do. If he comes in there more aggressive and on a murder tour and Hogan still outlasts him, fine. But like he it seems like he comes in and wrestles a completely different match. And I just think if that goes better, this is looked at differently. All of it. Yeah, I, I would agree that if people like that match the way they should like it, it would be it would be that better. Um, all right. That gives Sid uh, 1992, sadly, his only uh, appearance, mm-hmm. a score of 38, which ties him with. Andre the Giant, 1989. It actually gives him a 40. 40? Yeah, I went up to... Uh, we're all the same on everything. 857. So we got two pair of 20s. Oh, shit. Oh, hold on. Yeah, it's my fault because I'm looking at a different part of the spreadsheet. All right. Fuck, a 40. All right, so we don't have to have the Andre the Giant discussion. Good. Uh, okay, and no, he doesn't tie with anybody. He slides right now into the 10th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess it seems crazy, but I don't know. Like, what more could you want? Yeah, right? Like, I mean, like, when I, I always expected to be a bit higher than you on this, but uh, talking it out, we ended up the same, which is cool. And watching it uh, multiple times, like for PCB, I think watching everything around it has helped for me. You know, like, doing that whole 91, 92 run on that podcast helped me really... Um, appreciate more of his entire run and how good he is coming off of this and everything. So I think that all helps because I think if you just watch the pay-per-views, you don't really see a lot of them. No, he shows up at SummerSlam as the ref and then he's gone until this show. Like, so unless you're really kind of getting into like some of the nitty gritty stuff and, and I haven't even done all of that. Like, you know, I'd like to actually go back and watch like some of the superstars and shit leading up to this to see how they position him more. Um, but there's just more to it and this just really speaks volumes. And if anything, the only, th- only thing that's down about it is that they shot themselves in the foot with, with Hogan. Yeah. 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 I, would you imagine he'd be one spot ahead of the under, he would be the one to knock out undertaker 2007 from the top 10. Uh, <laughs> I would not have thought that, but no. yeah, it's, um, you know, and we're going to catch some shit for being Sid Marks probably on this one, but it's yeah. fine. Like he, it's an it's an awesome run. He's he's six eliminations in six minutes. He looks dominant, and he was about to win if Hogan didn't yank him out. You know what I mean? Like, and it sets up a mania main event and one of the greatest heel three month stretches in company history. So it's like it's like what more could you possibly want? Yeah, I know, I know. Like if you if you're not, it's one of these things that like if you're not really a fan of his character, like I, I'd never be the one to be like you're not a fan of wrestling. But I just don't understand what you don't like. You know what I mean? I don't understand what you like then. Because right. this feels like pro wrestling in a nutshell. A right. crazy person screaming at a press conference, 
a, a tag team, a, 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 a forced apology, a, a tag team betrayal, Brutus Beefcake getting the shit kicked out of him. Like, wh- what, what do you, what do you want here? Yep. Yep. Uh, what more could you want at a North South Connection era? Why don't you tell everyone what's going on? Oh my God. Great stuff each and every day. Uh, stuff, uh, literally stuff dropping every day, literally sometimes two times a day. Um, if you like old school stuff, if you like evergreen content, uh, please, uh, subscribe to the North South Connection podcast network. Like I said, we got stuff dropping every day from a, a, a plethora of different eras. We do cover current stuff as well. We cover the current major shows. We, cur- we cover our current AEW. We do previews for the pay-per-views, or sorry, the premium events as they come up. But uh, every single day, a great collection of really interesting voices, I think. Uh, so check it out, North South Connection Podcast Network. Leave us a review. Uh, download our stuff. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And thank you for the continued support. Yeah, uh, I'll go everything you said, Aaron. We're entering year three here, which is crazy um, to think about. And I'm just super proud of all the content um, that's out there. So all the content creators have been awesome over the last three years, both new and former and existing that have been going with us since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and just ask you, you know, on our for our year three birthday gift, if you can share this with a couple friends or share it around social media, um, tons of evergreen content that you can go back and rediscover. It's not like if you get it now, you're too late. Like it's there's so many great podcasts. I mean, you could just live off of the year that was, <laughs> you know, like the 37 episodes of that or whatever and be good for a while. Um, you don't need to be uh, timely with that. And that's, to deal with all our shows so really excited about everything going on we have some fun stuff planned for our third year and just continue to be thankful for the support excellent now entering the royal rumble They are not as excited as you were just saying that as, as when he came out, comes out in 1993. <laughs> yes, for sure. Like, oh, it's Bob Backlund. <laughs> um, yeah. like, I, So in 1993, did you have a good grasp of who Bob Backlund was? Um, Not really, because like I wouldn't have really rented or seen much that would have included him. Right. And... I mean, I, I guess it did an okay job, like with the video hype stuff in '92, but it made them look really old the way they did it. Like they played this like old style music, and the clips look grainy. Um, it didn't feel like a guy that was going to come back and be any sort of threat. Like it, it just like felt a like film. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like a, you know, I mean, I wasn't watching during like the final years of Pedro Morales, but like it felt like it was going to be a guy that was a former champ that's just kind of coming back. Maybe like Snuka. You know, like a guy that was a star that at this point was like credible enough to hang with guys, but was never going to amount to much. Like that's what it felt like. And, and they just gave these vague, like he's coming back to win the title. They never lost stuff. And um, like I was, I, I enjoyed him. I remember like, I didn't hate him at the time. I was like, oh, right. yeah, it seems fine. But um, it was almost more like a novelty to me than like, this guy is going to be a threat. Imagine, thinking that he was like because i don't know you felt this way but i felt this way i'm like oh fuck he's old and he was only like 43 years old here right which is like main event just getting started in the main event nowadays yeah maybe you'll get your run now right 
<laughs> well, then again, maybe he's the precursor to that in 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he comes out in 1993, number two. Uh, so I'm I'm assuming when he comes out in 93 that he's getting tossed very early. Like that, watching it live, that would have been my hypothesis about what was about to happen. Yeah, I don't think I would have um, ever expected him to come in and <laughs> do what he does, surpass eventually <laughs> Flair's record. I mean, it is no reaction when he comes out of two. Oh, zero, zero reaction. But it's a cool star because you kind of have these two legends with him and Flair having like an old school mini match. Um, yeah. You got Backlund doing all his little face antics. He's dancing around, tripping Flair. Um, Shango comes in. He works Backlund over a little bit. Flair dumps Shango. And we go back to like this classic little fight. And then DiBiase comes in and it's like this really cool three-way. Like DiBiase, Flair, and Backlund. Again, like three kind of classic old school workers going at it. So we're getting some kind of really cool stuff here early on. Yeah. Um, you know, Bobby asked if, if uh, Flair can get arrested for abusing the elderly, which is funny. He's the same age. Uh, <laughs> um, I I love that there's a gorilla drops a line where he's like, this is his first chance to get a crack at the title since he lost it. That kind of feels like a major injustice, right? Right. Like, yeah, well, I mean, he left on his own. <laughs> so, no, but uh, I mean, still, like, he was around after he lost the Sheik. For no, not bit. for much. It was just like a couple months, wasn't it? Um, and then he leaves on his own because they wanted to turn oh. heel or whatever. Right. I love, too, that he starts with Flair with a handshake. Like, have you never watched a Ric Flair match? <laughs> right. And know yeah. what's going to happen? Uh, yeah, and he's hitting all his spots, like you mentioned. And really early on, um, really early on, they start really talking about Backlund's determination. Yes. And as it, like, I mean, as someone who's watching it, knowing what's going to happen, I think that's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, they're setting up here. And, like, he really, even when he's fighting Flair and DiBiase, I still think he looks like a crazy old man here. Uh, yeah, for sure. And he's got like a lot of the facials and selling on point, which is always one of his, you know, classic stuff. Um, so that's working well too. Like he's, you know, kind of looking up and looking around and like looking shocked a lot. Um, I would argue the thing that makes him look goofiest during this run is the hair. Yeah. Like he, because when like he when he does the buzz cut later, it makes him look much more just adapted and crazier and not that he should be presented crazy here, but the hair makes him look more like a, just like, I know they always did the howdy doody jokes, but like it does, he looks like a doll. Like it just looks kind of silly. Like this big quaff of hair or red hair sitting on his head. Um, he just makes him look old. Like it makes him look like he's right out of the fifties or something. So like, I think it would have been better if he came right back with like more of a modern haircut. I think could have made him look less goofy. With the Chuck Liddell uh, mohawk. Yeah, I mean, just, and he, just the buzz cut that he has later would have looked yeah. fine. Like, you know, or or like he had, I mean, he had a buzz cut in like the back end of his title run. Like, just go back to that look. You know what I mean? Yeah. He I, At one point, Bobby calls him Opie. Right. And Gorilla's like, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's a strange line for Gorilla to have. Like, he's, he's put up with a lot of shit from Bobby. And this right. is the. Opie, Opie pushed him over the edge. He's uh, Backlund, too. Uh, so really focusing on him, I thought was really interesting in this one. He's got a really interesting technique of like he's he's always very good at guarding himself on the ropes. Whenever someone lifts him up, he immediately grabs the bottom rope. Mm-hmm. And he, he put like there's a, there's a real interesting realism from Backlund in a lot of moments in this match. Like I think which I think is kind of a bit overlooked, like he's grabbing ropes. He's always trying to eliminate people. And really early on. 
I picked up on this that I never picked up on before. He doesn't go after any other faces. Right. Like he's he's really like towing that face line, mm-hmm. which in a way is stupid for the match, but in another way is like almost quaint. It's like, oh, he's like really the 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 like what's the word? Uh, the the white meat baby face that won't even attack the other faces. Like I don't think he understands every man for himself, but I I'm kind of here for it for some reason. Yeah, I think it's cool, and and this is a very delineated rumble too. There's a lot of clear faces and heels, and they don't clash too much. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just fits. I mean, there's not a ton else going on in this Rumble, so if there's ever a year to do it with it with him, this is it. Yeah. When you see the lack of, like, star power overall. Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, maybe not lack of it, but at least misuse of it. Yes. He try, like he, he tries to help Virgil eliminate Flair, and then Virgil just abandons him to go after DiBiase, which I thought was strange. He fucking destroys Flair's hamstrings. And I love there's like this kind of a stupid move where he kind of climbs the ropes behind Flair and starts mm-hmm. punching him in the head. And Bobby's just shove him out, Rick. Shove him out. <laughs> he, he does spend start to spend a lot of time in the corner trying to survive. Um, DiBiase, Lawler keep coming at him, and he's just trying to back his way in. And at that point, Gorilla says he's been in for 20 minutes, and then he completely fades to the back when Perfect comes in because he just like Perfect takes over the ring for his whole stretch, and Backlund just kind of keeps on the same like just kind of fends off elimination. He's striking where he can. Uh, and at this point he's really worn out. Like he sells that exhaustion from this point on, but he pushes through whoever comes at him and gorillas talk about his cardio, his training, like you said, his determination, um, spends time with Lawler with perfect. And he keeps us moving around as we hit the middle point of his run here. Well, yeah. And like he keeps, so he's helping Virgil. He's helping Tenru like against Lawler was Backlund ahead of his time for his wokeness. Uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. Because he gets punched in the face by Skinner, and then Tenru turns on him. What an ungrateful dick Tenru is. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. setting up that big uh, match with Lawler, maybe, for Mania, so trying to get himself over. Were they were they trying to rob Bob? <laughs> gotta be fair. Uh, gotta be... I can't think of anything quick enough. Something you, can't ro- you can't rob Bob. Yeah, I guess right? that's all it is. Uh, perfect at one point just waltzes over and takes Skinner away, and now fucking Virgil turns on him. Mm-hmm. What is going on? And then, well, maybe they're trying to see him as a threat, right? It's like all of a sudden, like, hey, this guy can go. Maybe he's got a little gas in the tank. We know he's got good cardio. He's a threat, so we got to go at him. Well, and when Virgil does attack him, Virgil uh, Backlund fucking levels him with forearms, and those forearms look stiff, (laughs) stiff as fuck. You don't mess with Bob. Um, And and again, we start talking. They start talking about him, like, oh my god, look at his conditioning. Great chops on Lawler, like. Yeah, like, and the first time he attacks a face is when Perfect is coming after him, right. and he and he like just jumps on Perfect, like so like he's becoming more and more active. Then Coco Beware comes in the ring and tries to kill him. Like, did did he not admire Bob's work with Virgil? Maybe he saw a threat to his Jobber of the Stars role, and he's like, I gotta take this guy out. <laughs> uh, Berserker eventually comes in and he throws Backlund outside and smashes him with a chair. And that was a shrewd booking because this is when Giant Gonzalez comes out and you need to keep Backlund in the match for this. Uh, so, you know, having Berserker lay him out before Tager clears house and Gonzalez comes out made a lot of sense. And then he's just like out cold on the floor while all that's going on. Yeah, I love it. The only problem is it robs us of Taker versus Backlund and you can't rob Bob. Right. You don't want to rob Bob and they you keep robbing to... Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Robbing Bob is not the way <laughs> to do it. Um, we cut back from the, and I love that the whole Undertaker saga happens 
And the first thing we see when we cut back to the ring is Demento and IRS kicking the shit out of Backlund in the corner. <laughs> yes. Like, like it looks like a gangland style beating in the corner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he's trying to fight them, but to no avail. And of all people, he's saved by Tatanka. Mm. Well, Tatanka is, a, a, you know, a, another pure face at this point. So he's in yes. there to, to help out. Um, yeah, and he works a lot with him. He's trying to get back on track. He has a fun little fight with IRS when he comes in with some hard forearms, but he's too tired to push IRS out. Yeah. Uh, we get some talk about Backlund as champion in here. I think trying to establish him as a threat further yeah. by talking about his history. Um, but to this point, he hasn't had a lot of big spots in a while. But then he has one where he viciously slams IRS and Demento together. <laughs> so yeah. like, it's like he powers up just enough to be able to, to pull that one off. Yeah, and like... Yeah, there's a couple times where Tatanka also comes to his aid again. So I think he's like a – you're right. He's probably like a pure face. But right. I also probably – he probably heard backstage how tolerant Bob Backlund is. <laughs> yes. Like, let's help this dude out. It's like uh, here's a guy that I can trust. Yeah, he won't turn on me. He's friends to all. Um, they continue – the, the announcers continue to marvel at his longevity and mm-hmm. his age. At one point, Bobby goes, is he going after Flair's record or does he just have no place to go? <laughs> <laughs> that was – and then Bo- Bob – so then Bobby mentions too. He goes – Backlund is smart because he's constantly trying to eliminate people. And right. I thought that was actually a really good point that I – as I was watching this, I'm like, yeah, he really – like he's not necessarily good at eliminating people, but he's always trying. Right. Like there's not a lot of like mucking around doing other shit. He's always trying to win the match. Um, it's there on this point. He surpassed 40 minutes. Uh, and, and then Typhoon comes in and starts pounding on him and Fatu mm-hmm. saves Backlund again. He's just a friend to everybody. Um. Then Earthquake just demolishes him with shoulder blocks in the corner. 46 minutes. And Earthquake is, like, trying to lift him up. And um, so I think this is an interesting little subplot in this match. Is that Earthquake lifts him up and Backlund fights him off and gets down. And the crowd pops. Yes. Like, quite big. Right? Which I thought was, like, really interesting considering he came out with zero reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, he has won over this crowd. Um, Tito runs in and goes after Bob immediately, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like, has he not heard how tolerant Bob is for everyone? <laughs> Bob's a friend of the people. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, Fatu then runs at him and Backlund dodges and eliminates him. And the crowd <laughs> cheers again. Like they're yes. like, they're on board here. And then Tito tries to eliminate him and the crowd goes, no, <laughs> I love a, that. And it's right around there too. We get that classic camera shot of him being exhausted and he slowly looks to the sky with like this look in his eyes. He's like glazed over. And I remember like dying as a kid watching that. I'm like this freaking guy is like yeah. out of his mind right now. Um, that punch he takes from Earthquake during the stretch too is great. Like he just takes a hard punch to the face um, in here. And he's definitely winning the crowd. Like they're getting more and more into him. Bobby calls him a spider monkey and a leech. Yeah. And he's pure survival <laughs> mode. He's getting doubled on. He's trying to un- just outlast everyone at this point. He's doing whatever he can. Yeah, and, and he's doing a really good job of telling that story. Like, I don't think that – I don't think the camera focuses on him enough mm-hmm. to make this story the focus on the match, of right. the match. But when you are just watching him, I think he's fascinating. Yes. Like, um, Carlos Colon runs in and attacks him. Like, was it Colon's youth that clouded his vision here? <laughs> it could have been. Yeah. He is a youngster. He doesn't really – you know, he's new to this. Yeah, and it's so strange to see Tito Santana getting booed for trying to toss Backlund. Right. And even gorillas like the crowd's getting on his knees and like him and Tito are on their knees punching, like really mm-hmm. selling the exhaustion. They're pounding each other's heads into the mat. 
Like, I really like the intensity there from both of them. Yep. Yep. Me too. There's a lot of good stuff during that stretch. Um, so he ends up as part of the coalition when Yoko comes out um, to push him, but they fail. And then he gets trapped by Yoko in the corner, which seems bad. Uh, he should have avoided more. He, he kind of gets too into the mix with Yoko when he comes out, which is not a good idea. The announcers keep calling him out that he's in there, but they never say anything more than Backlund's still there. Backlund's still there. Um, he makes it to the final four. At that point, he's dealing a lot with Martell. And we get a really cool spot. He deadlifts Martell to the top rope yeah. and shoves him out. Like, And that's Martell's bugaboo. He always goes, ends up on the top rope and gets pushed out. Cloud uh, loses it when he does. Yeah, this, so he's in the final three. Uh, and he's so close going to bell the bell in this thing, which would even surpass Flair. I mean, he's already surpassed his record, but he could surpass his, um, you know, longevity, too, by going two to the end. But he's going to have to deal with Yoko at some point, And, you know, it's not going to end well. No. Um, he tries a drop kick and then Yoko throws him out as he tries a very ill-advised suicide like charge. Yeah. Yeah. I Like, it's a shame. Like, I just I love after he eliminates Martel that, like, he. The, he kind of just gets up and looks around and he's won over the entire audience. Yes. Like it's really a great moment. And I think it's really well earned, but mm-hmm. yeah, Yoko makes mincemeat out of him. Um, he gets the re- the record for all time. I will push back a bit. Like they do keep saying that like Bob's still in there, but every time they mention it, they talk about his determination and right. they go from not talking about him at all to like explaining that he was champion, which yep. I think is that, like, it is a sign of like, okay, we actually do have to take this guy seriously. Right. Um, I think he's given quite a bit of focus in the match. And I mean, I think the only time he's ever really hurt in terms of presentation is at the beginning getting zero reaction. Correct. Um, but I, I thought this run was way better than I would have thought going in. Um, I thought they presented him as like, they, at, again, they, at the start, they're like, this is a former champion. And then it, he grew into from someone who, from someone who no one gave a fuck about to the right. sentimental favorite of the match throughout the match. He was getting huge pops and I thought they talked him up enough. So I'm at a, I'm at a four for presentation. Yeah. I mean, I think overall it's like a weird outing. He's in the whole way. The crowd is into him. The announcers call him out, but he did spend a lot of time like trapped in the corner or laying around, but I mean, he's in an hour, right? So he's going to do something. It's yeah. just a stark contrast like flair who doesn't do a lot of that. Um, it's a classic run for trivia, but I don't think it's like one you crave to revisit like you would with flair. So I think like that's a gap in this. Um, but yes, yeah. overall still a memorable outing. Uh, I just went with a three for presentation because I just think, uh, I wonder how much of this is because there's not a lot else going on in this match. I, maybe. Um, so here's where I think we might differ. I'm at a seven for work rate because I, yeah. I think, I think that like, like I kind of mentioned, like they don't give him the focus. But everything he does in the match is grounded in a sense of reality. He's yeah. constantly trying to win the match. And he's also like he does lay around. But when he's laying around, he is actively laying around. Right. Right. Like It's because he's hanging on. It's because he's doing this. He's hanging one leg out of the ring. Like so I appreciate the realism that he brought to the match. And I mean, not to tie it back into presentation, but I think he did a good enough job in ring that he won everybody over. Right. Yeah. All right. I'll go up to a four. Yeah. Uh, so effectiveness, I went with a four as well. Obviously he's in there an hour. He sets the record, makes the final three goes almost bell to bell. So a very good outing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. He's constantly trying to eliminate. He's an hour. Exactly. I wish he would have eliminated more time, more guys. Um, 
here's the thing with him, and this is why I can't go higher than than that on effectiveness or even work rate, is that I think he's really amazing in the match. Mm-hmm. But I think if someone else was in the role, it would have been better. Right. Like if yeah, I think that's was in fair. that role. Right. Yes. So yep. that's why I can't go like that's why I can't go to like a score like I gave Martel. Yes. Right? Agreed. You know? Uh, but I still think it's a good run. I'm at a four for effectiveness as well. That lands uh, Backlund 93 with 26 points. Mm-hmm. Is he better? Jake Roberts 1992. No. Ah, uh, I don't know. It feels bad to say no, but I know. But I I yeah. love that Jake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, R- Roddy Piper 1990. Probably not. Undertaker 2017. I don't remember it well enough, honestly. Um, well, that isn't that. That's pretty telling. I I yeah. put it above that. Then. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So that's lands Backlund 1993 as the 36th best Rumble appearance of all time. All right. So 1994, not quite as memorable as he comes out no. here at number eight, but he walks right into the Diesel buzzsaw as he's doing his reign of terror as Jesus push. Uh, he does a little crawl on the ground to take, try and get these legs. And DiBiase goes, what's he doing? <laughs> um, Backlund actually gets him up and teeters. And I always wonder, like, like it's close enough that something bad could have happened. Like, Diesel could have fell out by accident. Like, that's yeah. so much. It's like Backlund almost pulls him back in because he almost <laughs> topples over too much. Uh, but then Diesel throws him out. So not much going on there. No, I mean, he goes on all fours at one point, like a dog, to start him, <laughs> to start the match. Do you think putting Backlund out there helped Diesel like a bit like that? It wasn't just like another tag team guy. It was a guy who lasted like an hour the year before. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, but yeah, there's not much here. He lasts 41 seconds, which in fairness is longer than some of the other guys who last against Diesel. Right. Uh, Comes in at number eight. I'm I'm at a one for presentation. Uh, I gave him a zero. I, I mean, they don't really present him as anything. Like, they kind of talked up a little bit the year before, so I was on board. I'm at a one for work rate. I like that he tried to lift him out. He, he made the old effort, but his effort actually ended up helping Diesel, so I'm good with that. Yeah, I gave it a one as well. Um, And f- I zero effectiveness. So Same. All right, so that lands 1994 at three. Is it better than Luke in 1989? Um, I mean, shorter, I guess, right? Yeah, but Luke 89 is good. He goes after Hogan. Yeah, yeah, like it's, yeah, he's pretty good in that. Um, I don't think it's all. I also don't think it's better than Coco Beware in 1990. Probably not. What about the Warlord in 89? That's the two second run. It's better than that. Okay, there we go. Because he at least almost throws Diesel out. All right, so that lands Backlund as the 178th uh, greatest Royal Rumble appearance mm-hmm. of all time. All right. All right, let's go ahead to 1995, where he's now coming off being world champion suddenly um, and in the main event picture. And Surprisingly. He had, been, he had been involved earlier in the night. He was one of the guys that kept interfering in the Diesel-Brett match. And he comes out of 25, and, like, it's a good draw. And the ring is pretty thin as far as star power. Like, this is a big possibility for him to, you know, get back at it. And he stomps out. He's looking at the crowd. Um the problem is Brett attacks him and beats the shit out of him at ringside because yeah. he's pissed that he got involved earlier. Um, Backlit eventually gets in the ring and Luger dumps him right out. Yeah. Uh, waste of talent for story purposes. And they could have really used him in what's a very thin rumble. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I get what they were trying to do. 
I just think it was a poor, re- you know, him and Owen, the way they get treated in this Rumble was poor I, this, uh, booking. Look, the most telling thing about this Rumble is the most over guy in the Rumble isn't in the match. It's Bret Hart, right? <laughs> like, yep. Coming out. Um, I love when he comes out, Lawler's like, if he gets in there and snaps, he'll clear the whole ring. <laughs> that was a funny line. Um, yeah, he just gets killed. Bret is beating him so badly that he's still beating him up when the next guy comes out. Yes. Uh, yeah, and Luger gets it. L- Lawler's upset. He calls it a travesty. And then they fight back to the back. Brett's still mm-hmm. there, and they fight to the back. Um, I want to give him points here, but I feel like it's all Brett. What's yeah, it's I gave him a one for effectiveness just because it's part of the story. But yeah. other than that, nothing. Zero points, just a one for effectiveness. That gives him a score of two, which ties him with a bunch of people. Okay. Is he better than Hercules 92? Um, Probably because Herc does a little bit more and he's in there with the boss man flair stuff. But Backlund at least advances like a feud and sets up for Mania, which is something. Right. So that lands him as the best of the twos. Bob Backlund, king of the twos. There you go. Um, and that's the 185th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. Okay. All right. But he's back in 96. And <laughs> so up until this point, I feel it was taking me more time to load these up than mm. to actually watch them. I know. That happens at Buster <laughs> uh, yeah. He's in this one a little bit more. Uh, he comes in very early, number three. And it's kind of a historical moment because he's the first guy to ever not enter at one or two. Or come out when, like, there's only one other guy in the ring and uses music. Uh, This is the year they start using the theme music for everyone. So he's got the hails of the chief. He'd been kind of fading uh, in ring toward the end of 95 and focusing more on, like, the president stuff. But he's still, like, an active character on TV coming in here. But clearly on the back end of his run, focused more on politics. Uh, He goes right at Henry Godwin. He's laying in forearms, uh, being super active here, all hard strikes. He tries to work with Lawler to slop Henry Godwin, uh, but then he ends up getting part of the slop on the floor when they're kind of regrouping and Henry throws it all at them. Lots of growling as he <laughs> works with the, the big hog. Grrr, a lot of that. Um, crushes Triple H with a great forearm. And I perfect at this point, it's like Backlund's the most in-shape guy in the ring. Uh, and was an, true, probably. Well, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Hunter's in there, right, too. But yeah, he's, he's up there anyway. This is also, watching his run here, I noticed, this is a rare section of Rumble that we haven't had to watch yet. Right. Yes. Yep. For anybody. It's like, oh, wow, I haven't seen this. And it, it felt like a complete breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but again, he's doing a really good job hanging on as Henry Godwin's lifting him. He gets a nice triple team uh, with uh, Triple H and the King uh, on, on Henry Godwin. Uh, yeah, so I, I really like that element of it. And I love that when he's trying to eliminate guys, he's trying to really get under them. Like Triple H yes. like is really kind of getting off. And I'm curious if because of his surprise 94 win, is he like a strange possibility in all these rumbles? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and more so probably 95 than here. Um, I mean, I think 96 yes. is one of the most obvious ones ever that Sean was going to win. And if it wasn't Sean, it was probably going to be Diesel. So <laughs> I think other than that, uh, no, probably not in this one. But 95, I think was a possibility but it makes him at least credible in these yeah sure sure he's not nobody right like, yeah he could have had a run you know he battles with hunter for a bit he works over bob holly he's kind of ambling around uh him and holly almost eliminate hunter but they can't finish him off spends no. a lot of time with hunter we get some teases and then a pretty cool historical moment when dory funk Jr., uh, jr comes in and him and yeah. backland go at it which is kind of random they're throwing bombs in the middle of the ring just going at it um, Backlund actually gets him in the crossface chicken wing, but Yoko comes over and just slings him out. 
So not a ton going on here, but the funk stuff was really cool in a random footnote. And he was super active. His strikes were big and pronounced. He really stood out when he was like laying into guys. He just didn't have much memorable or feel like a super threat. But he does have some cool little spots in there and he does stand out. I thought he was a good addition to the match. Yeah. I do like when Mr. Perfect lumps him in with the royalty. He's like, look at all the royalty. Jerry, Mr. the King Bob Lawler. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Love that moment. Mr. Uh, Backlund. But all that being said, like, I thought they did a good job, like, pumping him up. They talked about his mm-hmm. longevity. Like, I thought they presented him fairly decently in this one, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting them to present him as a joke, but I thought it was okay. So I was at a two for presentation. No, me too. Yeah, he's definitely presented as someone uh, who could be a threat, and he has a good run. He kind of helps navigate this first third of the match. Yeah, I'm at a two for work rate also. I went with a three. I, I liked um, how, like... In a in a ring of guys who kind of were like fading to the back, him and Lawler showed their chops as like veteran workers because everything was pronounced and loud and in front of everyone. So you always saw when Backlund was about to club a guy or land right. a shot, like he stood out. And then the, I gave a point alone just for the Dory stuff, which was really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I like I liked his work. I didn't think it was mm-hmm. as energetic as '93, but I do like that he's always doing something different. Yeah. And like and but but again, like 1993, you have they're not focusing on him. So you have to really watch for it. Yep. So but that's whatever. But effectiveness. Um, look, it's 12 minutes, zero eliminations. Um, I think it was OK, but I'm at a one for effectiveness. Yep. No, me as well. That gives him a score of 11. Is he better than Akeem 89? <laughs> no, probably not. Boss man 99. Uh, probably not. Even though I probably would rather rewatch it. Boss Man yeah. is such a key part of that match. Berserker 92. Shit, we really like Berserker. I don't think he's better than that. And I no. don't think he's better than Danny Davis in 88. No, probably not. Slaughter 92. Mm, Slaughter's got the bump. Yeah. Tornado. Okay. Tornado 92. Yeah, he's better than that. Just from the Dory stuff. Okay. So that lands uh, Mr. Bob Backlund at 112th best <laughs> appearance of all time. But we got one. I can't believe we have one left. We do. He actually pops back up for a little surprise entry in 2000. And this actually kicks off a little run for him because he does stick around and ends up managing Kurt Angle (laughs) through the spring. Um, So he comes back. This is during, again, like his, you know, I I don't know if he was in office at this point or he was running for office, but he would always pop up randomly, especially in the Northeast. Like when I go to shows in Providence, he'd always Mm -hmm. randomly be in the concourse out in the crowd campaigning and stuff like that. So uh, but it's cool. It's in MSG. So obviously it's a it's a neat moment when he comes out. He gets a hero's welcome. He does, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a big deal in MSG. So he comes out at 14. Uh, he's got the crazy eyes going. He's still in great shape. I mean, he looks awesome yeah. coming out. Uh, he's got to deal with Boss Man and Bulldog, so he fights them off. The two guys that have the most boring runs in this friggin' match, maybe. Yeah. Uh, he avoids a Rikishi avalanche, and then he's part of the crew to eliminate Rikishi. So does Although, that. How cool would it have been if he eliminated Rikishi on his own? He just deadlifted him and flipped him out. He could have done it. It would have been believable for sure. But with Rikishi's push going on, it was never going to happen. Uh, he gets worked over more by Bulldog and Boss Man. He almost eliminates Gangrel with an atomic drop, but then Jericho throws him out and he leaves to the crowd ranting and raving, which is funny. And the uh, crowd so, is disappointed when he gets eliminated. Yeah. They, given how this match goes, they probably could have left him in there like another 10 minutes and been fine because yeah. he is entertaining. Um, just a nostalgia pop, though. Uh, but a fun finish with him marching through the crowd. So I went with the one for presentation. He felt like a star uh, coming out in MSG. Everyone loves him in MSG. He felt like a big deal. Me too. I'm at a one. I'm at a one for work too. He's always fun to watch, so I'm yeah. good with that. 
Yep, and then uh, march to the crowd. I put a one in effectiveness because I thought he really just popped. I, I thought he did his role really well. Mm-hmm. He came out, popped the crowd. I don't think it needed to be more than that, so I wanted to give him something. All right, I'll give him the respect one as well, so that bumps me to a three. Look at you. Look at you being kind to Mr. Backlund. That gives him a score of six. Is he better than Honky? Uh, no, sorry, Ron Garvin, 89. No. Honky, 89. Uh, probably not. Okay, then you got the two Jim Duggan um, nostalgia runs. I think those are, well, uh, they're very similar. Yeah. Backlund and MSG probably outpaces them, though. Okay, let's put them ahead of them. Yeah. So that lands Backlund MSG from 2000 as the 161st best Rumble appearance of all time. Mm-hmm. And that brings a close to Bob Backlund, my friend. It sure does. I mean, I got no problems with Backlund's run in these Rumbles. He's in five Rumbles, a total time of one hour, 16 minutes, 29 seconds, but only three eliminations and an average ring time of 15 minutes and 20, uh, 15.2 minutes. Yeah, good run. Good good Rumble career with an all-time memorable showing. Excellent. Let's very quickly run down our top 10 Rumble appearances. Uh, are you ready? Yes. Number 10. Oh, in the top 10, Sid Justice, 1992. Number 9, Bret Hart, 1994. Number 8, Ultimate Warrior, 1990. Number 7, Hulk Hogan, 1990. Number 6, Shawn Michaels, 1996. Number 5, The Undertaker, 2002. Four, Shawn Michaels, 2007. Number three, Hulk Hogan, 1989. Number two, the greatest of all time, Shawn Michaels, 2010. And number one, of course, 1992, the nature boy, Ric Flair. So a bit of change, but only on the back end. Mm-hmm. And if you're following, you know we track the individual Rumble uh, competitors. Uh, we give them a, an average score based on their uh, on their aggregate um, appearances in the Rumble. Uh, Backley doesn't cro- cross our top ten. He ends up finishing so far out of the 35 guys who have been in three Rumbles. He finishes 23rd. Okay. Wedged below Haku and Tito Santana. But the top 10 workers uh, who have been in three. Here we go. Number 10, Jake the Snake Roberts. Number 9, Mr. Perfect. Number 8, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Number 7, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number 6, Ric Flair. Number 5, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Number 4, Brett the Hitman Hart. Number 3, The Undertaker. Number two, oh, Shawn Michaels. Mm. And number one, of course, the immortal Hulk Hogan. So no change. There's not going to be any change for a while. Backlund was a bit lower than I thought, but he's just got all those little shitty runs that bring him down a bit. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun digging into those, of course. Sid ends up being an all-timer for us. Not a surprise. We'll see how long he holds on. We'll be back in two weeks' time with uh, another double banger, odd uh, grouping. (laughs) One guy who's one of the most interesting Rumble competitors of all time, uh, giving volume and overall performance that we'll get into. So yeah, be an interesting one to touch on. But until then, keep on rumbling. Talk to you in a couple weeks.